We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for May 6th, 2018. And um, today we're going to be covering kind of a myriad of different things. Uh, the first subject that I want to get into is entitled Biblical Qualifications of the Antichrist and why Donald Trump cannot fulfill them. Because I'm getting more pushback on this now. Before it was Obama's the Antichrist. And I lost a whole bunch of listeners because I, I didn't believe that Obama was the Antichrist. And, you know, it just goes on and on and on with this thing with the Antichrist. Never ends. Um, <clears throat> and so I really don't care uh, what someone's opinion is on this particular subject. All I really care about is what does the Bible say? Which is like our gold standard of, of what we need to be going by. You can make the most compelling argument on the planet regarding well it's got to be because they're going to mint coins with his picture on it and they're going to do this and they're going to do that and and the the jewish people look at what the bible says look at what the bible says donald trump may be a antichrist a antichrist that kind of remains to be seen how that's all going to play out i've told you told my listeners from the beginning that i will Give him credit where credit is due, and I will expose him when he's... And that's what I think I've done. I think I've had a very good balance regarding all that. This isn't really about demonizing Donald Trump, this particular part. Um, but I did a whole... It was like a 10-part study regarding Obama. Because there were so many people that were convinced he definitely the Antichrist. Uh, 100%. I'm not even going to listen to you anymore unless you believe. Basically is what, you know. You're always getting when you're in ministry, you're always getting put in corners by a lot of different people. They get things in their minds and they get on some uh, pet thing regarding, well, it's got to be this way. And you're a heretic, you're a false teacher if you don't teach exactly what I believe and the Holy Spirit led me to tell you this. Really? And then I find out not too long later, with a little bit of research, the Holy Spirit never spoke to you at all. And I'm not, I'm not condemning all my listeners at all. I mean, this, this does not apply to the vast majority. And I'm talking about, over the years though, when you're in ministry, you will find that you will have to deal with this type of stuff over and over and over, and it never ends. So you get a little bit jaded over time regarding covering the same stuff but it's just a new flavor different day okay so all that really matters is what the bible says regarding the parameters for what the antichrist will be that's all that matters and um qualification one and this is from um ironside which uh Part of it's from Ironside, part of it's from an author named Pink. Um, and then I also added a lot of my own material in here, but it's all biblical. It's just all what the Bible says. Not any one particular person that, you know, whatever. But I'm only going to be covering a little bit of this because I've already covered this subject so many times regarding the Antichrist. If you just key in Antichrist in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, you'll find a whole bunch of teachings there i've done um is matreya the antichrist is and i never was dogmatic i said he could be he's a possible candidate 
But there are other people that are not possible candidates. You know, they're not. They're not going to be. Prince Charles, not. The Jews are never going to accept him as, as their coming awaited savior. Neither are they going to accept Obama as their coming awaited savior. Neither are they going to accept Trump. Now, just there, there's some things right off the top of my head that, yes, you look at the Bible, don't you think the Antichrist is going to be embraced by the whole world? And these, this is the, I, I guess I'd be addressing somebody that, and I haven't really gotten a lot of emails from listeners demanding I believe that, but I have gotten some. And um, so I feel like I need to address this. So again, this is a, to a very small minute amount of, but the problem I, I run into is that just like with the flat earth thing, it just continues to spread and it continues to spread and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and this whole Donald Trump thing I'm sure is going to probably go the same route it seems to be going that way so the antichrist the false prophet just think about this when they come they're going to deceive the world through lying signs and wonders and miracles right isn't that what the bible clearly says The world is going to embrace them. The world is going to embrace them. No doubt. They're going to be beloved by the world. Not the true Christians. But pretty much everybody else is going to fall for it. That's why the vast majority of the planet is going to probably beg for the mark of the beast. Or gladly, freely take it. He's going to come as a man of peace. He's going to probably be the guy that ends World War III or at least appears to end it. He's going to make some big peace deal. And they're talking about, you know, people, so yeah, he's going to make a peace deal with Israel or whatever. Trump is. Well, he might make a peace deal with Israel, but that peace deal that the Bible talks about is going to be with, like, the world, essentially. It's going to get everybody playing nice. You know, I don't see Trump going and, and placating the Muslim masses and all of a sudden they're, they're puritanical, wonderful people that don't want to drive Israel into the sea and kill them all off like they claim they want to do. Over and over and over and over. I, that's not happening. He's hated of the whole world, essentially, isn't he? I mean, isn't he, isn't he, for the most part, the Pope hates his guts, he's condemned. Everybody in Hollywood has condemned him. He's constantly attacked on the, on the lamestream, like no other president in the history of humanity ever. Every wicked, evil organization hates that guy's guts. The rappers, the black rappers all want to kill him, make songs about killing him. The Black Lives Matter, the, the and then I'm not talking about all black men, I'm saying the, the evil sex, the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, hate his guts. The pro-abortion, hate his guts. The, the ones that want to take your guns, hate his guts. All these other leaders have, have, have condemned him, and this is going back before he was even elected. Y'all hate him. They condemn him. They fought him tooth and nail the whole way as much as they possibly could. They're still fighting him. Obama is going with John Kerry, and wherever Trump goes, they 
quickly fly into whoever he met with and they try to meet with them so that they can preserve the deals that they made in their last um, wicked uh, presidency when Obama was in office for eight years. They're constantly trying to preserve these deals. Just John Kerry just was doing it with another guy that they just documented. I mean, it's not even a secret because they're trying, Trump's making an effort to tear down a lot of what they built. So if Trump was totally on the side of the Antichrist and was the Antichrist, why would he, why wouldn't he be working with his minions? Obama is, is totally anti, of an Antichrist spirit. John Kerry is totally of an Antichrist. The Pope is a, of a totally Antichrist spirit. Hollywood is of a totally Antichrist. Yet they're totally aligned against him. So I'm to believe that at some point Donald Trump is going to do, all of a sudden the whole world that hates his guts is going to do a 180 and they're all going to love him and they're all going to let him lead us into this utopian New World Order uh, seven-year tribulation period. It makes no sense whatsoever. And we're going to look at just some of the biblical reasons, not all, this is, a, this is not an exhaustive study, but we're going to be looking at um, a lot of the different things that prove there's no way he can be the antichrist there's no way number one qualification number one the antichrist must be a jew now we're gonna we're gonna show you why that is the case here biblically because you could say yeah well no prove okay well i'm gonna prove it we're gonna prove it no problem donald trump is part scottish and part german there's a link here learn about donald trump's ancestry Okay, it's not a secret, not something he ever tried to hide. Um, here's another thing about Trump, too, before I even get into it. The Antichrist, the false prophet, they're going to come with all signs and line wonders and miracles, right? They're going to deceive the whole world by the miracles and all these things that they do. When has Donald Trump ever done a miracle? When has he ever had any kind of religious tenor or aspect about him where you would look to him like a messianic type of figure. Because this is, we're talking about the Antichrist is going to become claiming to be the Messiah to the Jews. And most likely the Christ to the Christians. Can you ever imagine Christians thinking that Donald Trump is the coming awaited savior? Between all of his affairs and stuff and all of his payoffs to, you know porn stars that he was with or whatever now i'm not saying what they're they're doing with him i mean they're doing every dirty rotten trick of the book but he shouldn't have been with them either though i mean if he wouldn't have been with a lot of uh women playboy models and all i mean it's it's all pretty much it's all out there come on that is not exactly the type of person i would envision becoming the awaited savior of the planet he's sure certainly not the false prophet who's going to have even more of a religious tenor about him certainly not that he certainly can't be the antichrist there's just common sense things you have to look at with with donald trump just like obama where there's no way he can biblically which is all that matters be antichrist Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This is, we want this lamp and this light to show and, and 
help us to judge between right and wrong, between whatever we're actually looking at in the world. Five biblical reasons the Antichrist will be an Israelite. The Antichrist will be a Jew, but it should be pointed out that there is no express declaration of Scripture which says in so many words that the Antichrist will be a Jew. But it kind of does, as we'll see. Nevertheless, the hints given are so plain, the conclusions which must be drawn from certain statements of the Holy Writ are so obvious, and the requirements of the case so inevitable, that we are forced to believe he must be a Jew. To these hints, conclusions, and requirements, we now turn. In Ezekiel 21, 25-27, we read, and again, they're only, um, it says, uh, And thou, profane, wicked prince of Israel, whose day is come, when iniquity shall have an end, thus saith the Lord, remove the diadem and take off the crown, this shall not be the same. Exalt him that is low and abase him that is high. I will overturn, overturn, overturn it, and it shall be no more until he who comes, whose right is it, and I will give it him. The dispensational place and scope of this passage is not hard to determine. The time mark is given in verse 25. What does it say there? When iniquity shall have an end. It is the end time which is in plain view here. Then, I mean, you could, you could argue, well, is that when the millennium starts? When iniquity shall have its end. When Satan is, is bound. You know, I understand he's going to be loose for a season at the end of the, near the end of the millennium. I get that, but he's going to be bound at that point. And, and so, when iniquity shall have an end, it is the end time which is in full view. The end of the age when the transgressors are come to a full. See Daniel 8.23 uh, and 11.36. Till the indignation be accomplished. At that time Israel shall have a prince, a prince who is crowned. See verse 26 of, um, uh, well, it says that, Thus saith the Lord, remove the diadem and take off the crown. That's what it's in reference to. At that time... Israel shall have a prince, a prince who is crowned, verse 26, and a prince whose day is said to come when iniquity shall have an end. Now, as to who this prince is, there surely is no room for doubt. The only prince whom Israel will have in that day is the son of perdition, the Antichrist. Here termed their prince because he will be masquerading as their Messiah, the prince. See Daniel 9.25. And we're going to be going over a lot of these verses too. Another unmistakable mark of identification is given here in that he is expressly denominated as thou profane wicked prince. Quote, Assuredly, it is the man of sin who is in view here, that impious one who shall, quote, oppose and exalt himself above all that is called God according to the Bible. But what should be noted particularly is that this profane and wicked character is here named Prince of Israel. He must therefore be of the Abrahamic stock, a Jew. He's going to be the Prince of Israel. They're really big on lineage and genealogy, hugely in Israel, okay? The Antichrist, now this is from, um, partly from a study that I've done on this, on the Antichrist. 
And I'll give you a link, but all you have to do is key in Antichrist in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com because I've covered this, I, I don't know, probably about 20 parts. 20, not 20 individual studies, but 20 parts of, of studies that I've done where I've covered this subject of the Antichrist. The Antichrist will enter the rebuilt, so this is part of my, what I'm going over now is part of my PDF from that study I did on the Antichrist and I believe the seven-year tribulation and Gog and Magog and all that other stuff. The Antichrist will enter the rebuilt temple most likely at the midpoint of the tribulation and proclaim himself to be God. How do we prove that? 2 Thessalonians 3, uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3 and 4, let no man deceive you by any means for that day, this is the rapture of the church, okay, shall not come except there come a falling away first. This is the falling away of the church, okay, the apostasy, which we're in full swing right now, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So this is the Antichrist. Here's another thing. Has the Antichrist been revealed yet? I don't think so. Don't you think that if he was revealed, we would all know? It'd be apparent? It's not apparent. It's wild speculation to say that Trump is the Antichrist. There's no biblical basis for it. He's not of the stock of Abraham. He's part German, part Scottish. Yeah, but he's got like 0.00% Jewish blood or something. I heard that doesn't count. He's going to have to be able to prove his lineage. Going back to King David. Just like I said about Obama. I'm going to get into that too. So, before the rapture of the church, okay, Bible says, now whether you believe it's pre-trib, post-trib, pre-rap, post-pre-trib, uh, whatever, it says that before the rapture of the church, there has to come a falling away first, meaning an apostasy. I think we're all, we could probably all be in agreement that that is absolutely in full swing, the apostasy of the church. Okay. And, though, it just can't be just the falling away of the church. And, in conjunction, and it really comes and after, I mean, it's the falling away of the church which gets into full swing, and then, basically, the man of sin, the son of perdition, be revealed it hasn't been revealed yet so i'm very leery about speculating of being dogmatic and saying nope this guy's antichrist for sure well the bible hasn't revealed it yet or he hasn't been revealed yet it's pretty obvious qualification antichrist is not to be revealed until after the hindering of the holy spirit they the, where it talks about in second thessalonians uh verse seven when we go up and he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way a lot of speculation that the he taken out of the way is the holy spirit i don't even want to really get into that so much today that's a whole other study but the antichrist is not to be revealed until after the um the way that they worded it here is is the holy spirit is removed but that's the way they chose to word it. I don't think I would have quite chosen that exact wording. But yes, if you look at 2 Thessalonians 2.7, you know, then that wicked shall be revealed. 
is what it talks about. Capital W. It's the Antichrist. It's going to be revealed. That has not happened yet. So how can we be so dogmatic that, do, that Donald Trump is, is, is the Antichrist? You know, a lot of people are super dogmatic about Obama. Mm, boy, made no biblical sense, just like Trump makes no biblical sense. It's just scary to me because I see how easily people are deceived when they don't fixate on the word of God. And I'm not saying that because I think I'm Mr. Perfect or, I can't, or I'm above being deceived or I'm like whatever, so much better. I'm not saying it for that reason, but you know... I don't know. I, we we got to cling to the word of God. We, we've got to make that our standard, not other. Jesus said that, that one of the main earmarks of the time that we're going in is wine signs, wonders, miracles, false prophets, false teachers, false Christs. Look at Matthew 24. If they say, lo, here is Christ, or there is Christ, he's in the desert, he's wherever, do not go. It's not. There's going to be, deception is the main attribute of the time that we're in and we're moving into, and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. You have to be rude, root, um, rooted and, and, and have your house on the solid rock of Christ Jesus and on his word, or you're going to be deceived. When the wind comes and the waves come and all these things happen, you're not going to endure because maybe you were following a man or, 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 or a woman some in ministry or whatever. Man, it's like every, about every ministry, almost, that I've ever referred to in the past, they've all turned around and just beyond stabbed me in the back. Now, I'm not saying I, there's not ministries I deal with right now, some of my, my listeners. But it's like every one of them. It's just normal, standard practice. And they all inevitably getting go off into some wild left field. And they could say the same about me, I guess. Well, you're into this alien stuff and UFOs. Who are you to judge? Hey, Guys, that's a big part of what Hollywood is pushing and what the mainstream media is doing. There's got to be a reason for it. I'm just trying to warn the body of Christ about it on the end time, end game agenda. It's probably going to be the biggest deception we've ever known. So I guess that means I shouldn't even touch it because it's crazy. I tend to touch, get into subjects that not a lot of other ministries will cover. But for me, being in ministry for, I don't know, since I guess 06, being backstabbed by other ministries is absolutely the norm now. I don't know who to refer to. I mean, when it comes to like, where do I go? What church? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Pray fast seek god i think fasting is the most powerful thing you can really do you want healing you want deliverance pray and fast 
That last fast I did, the one that I did right after I found out I had glaucoma, I mean, I feel like my immune system is so much, God just healed it. My adrenals are so much better. Those were two of my biggest weak links. It's not really why I did the fast. I really wanted my eyes healed. <laughs> well, you know, that wasn't God's priority. That's cool. You know? But my immune system isn't near as much of, of an issue. I mean, it's so much better. My adrenals are so much... And these were things I had battled my whole life. That's what, you know, God knows what's best for us. Paul had a thorn in the flesh. He besought God, you know, all these times. And God said, my grace is sufficient. I truly believe my eye will get healed. Even though... I, and it is... And I have made some um it's baby steps but yeah it's getting slowly 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 getting better but you know it's it's uh it's a rough time that we're in it's a rough time and it's not going to really get any better from that standpoint don't put your trust in man Cursed be the man that trusteth in man that maketh flesh his arm and his heart departed from the Lord. Don't trust in me. Tell people, I don't want anybody to be following me like I'm some type of whatever guru or, or whatever. I'm just a man. I can fail you. Trust in the word of God. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't go wrong doing that. So much deception out there. Okay, so then we have verse 4, 2 Thessalonians 2, 4. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God. Now this is a description of the Antichrist. He's going to oppose and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. Because remember, it was, it was the whole thing from the, um, why Satan fell in the first place. Pride. Because of his beauty, it said, and because of his merchandise, his heart was lifted up. Lucifer. And he said, I will be like the Most High. Well, if you're going to be like the Most High, you're going to want that worship. You're going to want that adulation. You're going to want that exaltation heaped on you. And that's why it says here in 2 Thessalonians 2, 4, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. This is the rebuilt temple. Had another listener email me yesterday, and oh no, no, that's that all. That all happened. No, this is all past. It's, there's none of this in Second Thess Thessalonians. The whole thing about the, the rebuilt temple in Matthew 24 and Revelation. It, it all happened back when Jesus was crucified. I don't know if this is, they were into preterism or what, I don't, you know. I had like just three different female listeners yesterday trying to straighten me out on all this. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying anything against females, but it was just like, wow, some of this stuff I've never even heard of before. And this was one of the issues that this has been brought back up, this thing about Trump and, um, you know, this is why I'm so leery 
why did that study on what females can do for the Lord? It's, it doesn't matter what I think. You could call me a chauvinistic pig or whatever. Okay, fine, but I'm just saying this is what the Bible says. Just key in women at the keyword search box. You should find it. What women can do for the Lord. And I just lay it out biblically. I've never had one woman ever email me back and say, you're wrong about this and this and this and give me all the Bible. Never happened. It has never happened, ever. You can't do it because it's very clear what the word of God says. But that whole thing about what women can do for the Lord is totally thrown out the door most of the time now. It's just, it's not even considered. Women pastors, lesbian pastors, you name it, it's all good now. You know what I really want to hear? I want to hear one of these bull dyke lesbians get up there and preach hellfire. That's what I really want to hear. I think that would be the ultimate to hear a sermon on that. That's what's probably coming next. Absolute insanity. What's going on in the church? The pedophile priesthood of the Catholics. So many pedophiles in in just the normal you know uh, almost every denomination probably has that southern baptists and then the freemasons in there and then all of this horrific commingling the 501c3 the reading their false bible versions bringing in all this worldly stuff into the church see revelation 3 and the Laodicean church, the lukewarm church, the God, you know, lukewarm people that think they're in need of nothing, but in God's eyes, they're wretched, blind, naked, weak before them. Yet they think they're in need of nothing. And God is going to vomit them out of his mouth. You're either hot or you're cold. But that's what the Bible said it was going to be like. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Wax means grow. That's the sign of the end times. Another one. So it shouldn't surprise us. But this devil, the Antichrist, is going to sit, he's going to sit in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. I can't imagine wanting to be worshipped. <laughs> Just... I don't want anybody, I wouldn't want anybody to worship me. It doesn't even compute in my mind. Um, But if you think about this, that means there has to be a rebuilt temple for this verse to be fulfilled. That's going to happen at the midpoint of the tribulation. Okay, has the temple been rebuilt yet? Nope. So I'm to think that Trump is the Antichrist He's been revealed, yet the temple hasn't even been rebuilt yet. And I just, it make you know, again, no biblical sense. Makes no big, no biblical sense whatsoever. Daniel 9, 27. And he, this is in reference to the Antichrist, shall confirm the covenant with many, not just Israel. Supposedly Trump's getting ready to do some peace thing with Israel. You know, I've heard that. But it says with many. For one week, I do not believe Trump is going to be able to bring peace between Islam and Israel. 
Israel, the synagogue of Satan part of Israel, is doing everything they can do to get themselves into a war with Iran and Syria. I've just documented this in the previous studies we've talked about. I mean, just in the past weeks. They're doing everything they can. Does that mean I think Iran's puritanical and innocent? No, not at all. But again, I'm always trying to have balance when I look at these subjects here. He should confirm the covenant with many for one week. Meaning, a co what does this mean? It means confirming a covenant with many nations for seven years. Most likely, because there's seven days in a week, most likely this will be a treaty to bring about the end of World War III. World War III hasn't even started yet. So this is not the, even if Trump brings some kind of peace covenant with Israel, hold on, that's, so then we're just going to go right into the tribulation once Trump does this? That makes no sense. There's going to have to be a World War III to get us into the need, the supreme need for a peace treaty. The world will be crying out for, for, for give us peace, give us peace, we can't handle this war and all this stuff and all the death and dying we haven't we're not there yet and in the midst of the week 3.5 years in the midst of this week this this any he shall confirm the covenant with many for a week and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease now the sacrifice and oblation. That implies that this temple will be obviously totally re rebuilt well before the 3.5 year mark. It's not like he goes in there on the day it's dedicated at the 3.5 year mark and he commits the abomination of desolation. No, it says the sacrifice and the oblations that were going on in the temple were going on there. He's going to cause them to stop. Now, will the rebuilt temple be rebuilt by the start of the tribulation? I, I don't know. Maybe it'll be built by the rebuilt by the first year. Maybe it'll be rebuilt at the start of the tribulation. I don't know. Hard to kind of be dogmatic on that one. So what does this mean? Meaning in the middle of the tribulation, at the 3.5 year mark, he will enter into the rebuilt Jewish temple in Jerusalem and will commit the abomination of desolation. We're going to look at that in a second. What We'll, we'll look at more verses on what that means. And then it goes on to say, in Daniel 9, 27, And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. This is what Jesus was in reference of when he hearkened back to this verse in Matthew 24. Even until the consummation that is determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Now, this abomination of desolation is also further referenced here in Matthew 24, 15, which is what I was just talking about. When ye, this is Jesus talking, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the Dan Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. The holy place. And I, I, this is most likely the holy of holies. The inner part of the temple. The holiest part. The Antichrist will set up this abomination of desolation in the holy place, which will be like the most way you could desecrate and blaspheme God that you possibly could ever think of. That's why it's such a big deal to God, this abomination of desolation. 
It also says in Mark 13, 14, but when ye shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing where it ought not, shouldn't be there, let him that readeth understandeth, then let him that is in Judea flee to the mountains. And again, this seems to be of the context, okay, we're at the 3.5 year mark of, of the midpoint of the tribulation, um, and this is in specific reference to it's, he's addressing the Jews. I mean, in this particular context, he was addressing the, the Jews. The believing Jews, let's say, that are going to be living in that area in particular. I mean, that's where it, it appears is where he's talking about. Now, Daniel eleven thirty one. And the arms, arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice. This is when, when the Bible talks about when the Antichrist will cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. This is confirmation of that in Daniel 11, 31. It says, he shall take away the daily sacrifice and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. So they're going to stop the oblations and the daily sacrifices. Now, which is really an abomination, the daily sacrifices? Why is that an abomination now? Why don't you want to be sacrificing animals anymore in a rebuilt temple because jesus christ said it was finished he was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth he was the perfect lamb of god he was the only sacrifice that was ever needed it was finished he did it all it's completed so in, when you go back into the rebuilt temple and you start sacrificing animals you're basically saying the blood of jesus christ was not sufficient it means nothing to us, and we're going to keep sacrificing animals to atone for our sins. That's an abomination. So what's going on in the rebuilt temple is all an abomination, if you ask me. I mean, it'd be one thing if they rebuilt the temple for God and, and really dedicated it to the Lord Jesus Christ. I get that, but the way it's going to be set up is not going to be that way. Not going to be that way. Daniel 12, 11. And from that time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. My comment, or basically 3.5 years, which when comparing scripture with scripture, see Daniel 9.27 that we just read, this confirms that we are dealing with a seven year tribulation period. Now, again, I've already done a full study on this. Just key in tribulation in the keyword search box. I've done a whole study on this. Now, this abomination could also be in reference, in part, to the setting up of the image of the beast. Mentioned in Revelation. Now, I'm getting a little off track here because we were talking about Donald Trump. But I kind of wanted to, just, I mean, I'll just recover this ground a little bit since we're already on the subject. And it's kind of pertinent to the days and times we're moving into. Um, Revelation 13, 14. And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. We're in, we're in reference to Antichrist false prophet tandem here. Okay, Saying to them that dwell on earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. 
So I don't know, they make, they make up this, this image of the beast, this abomination that make it desolate. They set it up in the holy places, some kind of homage and honor to the Antichrist who was wounded and died, but now he lives, so he looks like he's really a messianic figure, you know? Revelation, and then the next verse, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. This is most likely this abomination that make it desolate standing in the holy place where it ought not be what it's absolutely going to be it's hard to be dogmatic but it said that he had power and i believe this is the false prophet he had power to give life under the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed Now, for more on this subject, see my teaching. I give you a link here. The Gog Magog War, the thousand-year millennial reign of Jesus Christ, the abomination of desolation, the rebuilt temple, the image of the beast, and the seven-year tribulation Bible study. There's a link right there. Or just key in Gog and Magog. I don't know. You'll find it. Now, let's go further. Second point of biblical parameters of the Antichrist. Now, this is, I'm not just doing this just for Trump. This would apply to anybody. I don't think that we're supposed to even have the ability to know who it is right now. Just because of the verses in Second Th- Thessalonians alone. And then that wicked shall be revealed, it says. You know, this is after, you know, the falling away of the church. And then that wicked, you know. We're not there yet, is the whole point. We're not th- quite far along on the timeline yet to know for sure so for somebody to say anybody's the antichrist right now uh, i don't really see bible for that i really don't and that's a whole other thing that we need to all consider and ponder about getting really super dogmatic about something like this when the bible says that you know then that wicked capital w should be revealed doesn't say we're going to know who that antichrist is you know 40 years before the tribulation starts, or even one year. Second parameter. In Daniel 11, 36 and 37, we are told, And that king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself, and magnify himself above every god, we're dealing with the Antichrist here, and speak marvelous things against the god of gods, capital G, god of small g, gods, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished. It's this time that Satan is going to be given. This indignation that needs to be accomplished in order for scripture to be fulfilled. For that is determined, for that is determined shall be done. Meaning what the Bible says and is predicted is going to happen. Neither shall he regard the God, capital G, of his fathers. Now that God of the fathers is in reference to the god of the bible it's capital g it doesn't it's not a small g neither shall he this is in regard to the antichrist neither shall he regard the god of his fathers is that donald trump how do you know what even the god of what god his fathers worship donald trump's lineage it's part scottish part german Never really was known as any kind of Bible believer. I don't believe his family was known. There's a lot of sketchiness in his past. I could probably do a whole study on that. And the sketchiness of Donald Trump's lineage. 
So you're telling me this verse is in regard to Donald Trump? This passage is, it is evident, refers to and describes none other than the coming Antichrist. But what we wish to call special attention to is the last sentence quoted. The God of his fathers. What are we to understand by that expression? Why surely that he was a Jew, an Israelite, and that his fathers were of the flesh, were after the flesh, were Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For such is the invariable meaning of, quote, the fathers, that term, the fathers, through the Old Testament scriptures. And if it was some pagan God, it wouldn't be capital G. It was God of the fathers, lowercase g. Then you, then you would really open things up to speculation. But it's capital G. That's why it's really super important what Bible you're reading. King James Bible gets it right, okay? But there's a lot of other Bibles that you can really get off on in left field on especially particular verses. In John 5.43, okay, so this is the third parameter. In John 5.43, we have a further word which helps us to fix the nationality of the coming um, one. John 5.43, I am coming in my Father's name. This is Jesus Christ talking. To like the, the Pharisees and Sadducees. John 5.43, I am coming in my Father's name. Capital F, Father's name. And ye receive me not. The Bible says he came to his own and his own received him not. About Jesus Christ. Then he goes on to say, Jesus says, if another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. In speaking of the false Messiah, the Lord Jesus, because he's talking about the coming Antichrist. That's who Jesus is in clear reference to here. In speaking of the false Messiah, the Lord Jesus referred to him as follows. Another shall come in his own name. And that's the one you're going to receive. Because you're of your father the devil and of his lust and of his works, ye will do. Pilate's asking them, well, do you, why don't I release to you Jesus on this holiday? No, 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 we don't want Jesus. Give us Barabbas, give us the murderer, give us the flat-out convicted devil murderer, give us Barabbas, crucify Jesus, let Jesus' blood be upon us and our children, which is collectively why the Israelite race has had such a rough time since the crucifixion of Christ. Because they basically beg God for them to curse them. You look at the Holocaust. It's just one example. I'm not condemning the Jewish people. I've always had a happy balance or a happy medium balance on this particular subject, though. The Bible says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. You know? And then you you read, you know, like Romans. He's not done with, with <laughs> the Israelites. He is not done with them. When we should not boast against the wild, the natural branches. We're a wild olive branch grafted in, is how the Bible refers to us in Romans. As a Gentile, if we're Gentiles, grafted in. And that's a whole other subject. I've gotten into it many other times. But he's not done with the, with the Jews. He's not. The Bible says in Zechariah that two-thirds of the Jews are going to perish in the coming tribulation period. They're going to reject Christ. They're going to probably align themselves with the synagogue of Satan, with the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and these types, which 
basically had a lot to do with the formation of Israel. Well, no, the God... Yes, I know. I understand the Bible predicted that. I understand that. It's true. But God has used Satan like a puppet in a lot of different ways over the ages. Satan thinks he's doing his own thing and he's going his... And then he's really actually accomplishing something for God. I'm not saying he's doing it in any kind of holy way, but it is something that that the scriptures predicted, the regathering of Israel. I tell you what, while we're on that point, I just had a listener um, make this nice trailer about a study that he's going to be doing. And um, it's a trailer for the, and it's dealing with the hexagram. And um, this is the hexagram and the Mark of the Beast trailer. He's going to have a whole study on this. And he uses my audio from... Um, this first first Rothschild was the was the one. What he did is outside of his residence, he had this wooden placard, and it had a it was red. And- Mayor Amschel Bayer Rothschild, an, an Ashkenazi Jew, is born in Frankfurt, Germany, the son of Moses Amschel Bayer, a moneylender and the proprietor of a counting house. Um, this is basically where the 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 modern day banking system was formed from. The Rothschilds, okay? And this is related to what I just talked about. This is only like four minutes, but this kind of is pertinent to what we're talking about right now. So you can understand about the formation of Israel. On it, it had a hexagram, okay? That was their family crest, essentially. That was on the outside of their door. This is how he identified his family. This is why they, they called it the Red Shield, hanging outside this is how they got the name Rothschild which is a variation of Red Shield Rothschild Red Shield and what happened is is upon the death of the father basically on his deathbed he commissioned all of his sons to go out I believe five sons to different parts of Europe and establish banking uh, houses and they would basically finance both sides of the same war like the Napoleonic Wars and all that other stuff and and um they would make monies they would make money both ways and this is how they got to be so incredibly powerful and so incredibly rich and how they got to be the top illuminati family that literally exists to this day okay this was depicting the the red hexagram hanging on his door he later incorporated it into his family coat of arms now five the six-pointed star or the hexagram became then the insignia of zionism well, how did all this happen? Well, in 1918, the Balfour Declaration, when Israel started getting this land back and they started the formulation of getting Israel back into the lands, yes, God clearly predicted it was going to happen. No doubt about it. But Satan is always going to try to get in where God would do things as well. And there was a lot of very high-level Zionistic money that came particularly from the Rothschilds. There's also Rockefellers. I mean, if you go to Jerusalem, there's whole streets named after the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers. The Rockefellers have have the main museum of of antiquity in museum. If you go there and you want to do an archaeological dig, you got to go through the the stinking Rockefellers. These are all old, old, old Jewish... So here's a quote from David Rockefeller from his own book. Man, I mean, you talk about evil in somebody's eyes. Beady little 
nasty little satanic eyes, you know, shows a picture of them here. Because there's pictures in the background verifying everything that I'm talking about right now. Even, um, some even believe, and I'm going to, I'm going to promote this, um, the full documentary is going to actually be released on May 14, 2018. And, um, which marks the 70th anniversary of Israel becoming a nation again, which could be very prophetically significant. Okay. That's why he wanted to do this now because the Bible says if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And this was the foundation of, of the formation of modern day Israel. Now God's going to ultimately use it for, for his good. Okay. One third of the Jews, according to the book of Zechariah, are going to come through the tribulation period. They're going to be tried as silver is tried in a furnace. Okay, not fun, not fun to be tried, but they're going to be tried. But when they are tried and they get their eyes finally opened up, the Bible says that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. It says that in Romans. Blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. So Israel's been blinded. I really believe it's been, I don't know, there, there, there are certain times in the Bible you could probably look back and say, you know, from maybe certain apostles said, from henceforth I go to the Gentiles. You know, I don't exactly know when at all, but God gave them plenty of chances to accept him as their Lord and Savior. Okay, when they stoned Stephen and, you know, there's a whole lot of, I could do a whole study on that subject. But they didn't. They rejected them. But they're going to finally get their eyes collectively opened, probably in the sometime in the second part of the of the second half of the tribulation, when they're going to one third of them is going to be tried as silver, is tried in the furnace of earth, and they're going to look upon the one whom they pierced, Jesus Christ, and they're going to mourn for him as one that mourns for their only begotten son, which is a term that's exclusively pretty much used of Jesus Christ in the Bible. They're going to finally collectively, this one third that's going to get saved near the end of the tribulation is going to finally get their collective eyes opened of Israel. So, uh, anyway, um, but this, this is a quote from him, David Rockefeller from his own book, Memoirs. Quote, Some even believe we are part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States. Characterizing my family and me as internationalists and conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure. One world, if you will, meaning like the New World Order. If that's the charge, I stand guilty. I am proud of it. End of quote. I mean, how much more in your face and flagrant can you get? And all of these guys, when you look at pictures of them, they all look so wicked and so evil. They're so demon-possessed to the toenails, every one of them. They just can't hide how much they love Satan. You know, it just beams out of them. Like rivers of sewage. You know, rivers of flowing sewage beams out of their black, dark souls. Money. Okay, now again, this isn't, this isn't I'm not trying to beat up on on the Jews, okay? I'm not. I'm just pointing out facts, okay? They need to be set free, just like anyone else that, that is in bondage. And it's good to know history here. So, this was when... So, the hexagram is also called the Star of Saturn. And I did a teaching on this, and this is the teaching 
this is from that teaching. So if you key in hexagram in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, I'm also going to be promoting this um, when he gets the full the uh, full documented. But I'll be I'll be putting this trailer in the next email that I put out as well. Um, it's called the hexagram and the mark of the beast trailer. It's like a trailer for like a movie type of thing. The six-pointed star of the hexagram became the insignia of, of, of Zionism because you have guys like Rothschild and these types of things that were instrumental in buying up large tracts in um, Israel, modern-day Israel, funding a lot of the things that went on there. They were also the ones that, that were instrumental in getting that six-pointed star on their flag. This was Rothschild's family crest. Okay? Hitler, now, then Hitler rose to power and he used the hexagram as a badge of shame, forcing all the Jews to wear it during the Nazi regime. It arrived at the Kesnet in the newly formed state of Israel and it became the logo of the Jewish Red Cross, which they then called the major. So there's, there's Bible verses he's putting up here with uh, Israel and Zionism and stuff like this. Amos 5.26 says, but ye have borne the tabernacle of Moloch and Chun, your images. These are deities that they worship that typically require child sacrifice. Moloch and Chun, your images. The star of your God, which ye made to yourselves. Acts 7.43 says, yea, ye took up the tabernacle of Moloch, which now we're in reference to the same thing, and the star of your God, Remphan, figures which ye made to worship them, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. 1 Kings 1.7, and then did Solomon build in high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, in the um, hill that is from Jerusalem. I'm kind of being blocked here from the thing. And for Moloch and the abomination of the children of Ammon. But I go in, in with this study on the hexagram, and I, I show you that this is the star of Saturn. This is um, mentioned specifically right before they stoned Stephen which is essentially like, you know, one of the very earliest martyrs in the church. And so I get into that in, in the, uh, the hexagram study at length. In David Adam, it became the centerpiece piece then of the, of the flag of Israel, and then it has become an international symbol of the Jewish people and saturates the world as the Jewish star. Okay, but just remember, how did it originally get on a flag? Okay. We had a lot of very, very, very rich, old occultic money that made sure it got on the flag. Why would you want to use a hexagram? And remember, this was Rothschild's seal. This was Rothschild. Roth means red shield. Okay, it was their, basically their crest, their insignia, their shield. And it was a red hexagram that was on the outside of their door, the Rothschilds. Okay. So this is why and how it got on the flag. It was the it was the basically the star of Saturn. It was this wicked, incredibly evil symbol that they wanted to, you know, put on there and then attribute it to David, the star. This is David never had anything to do with this stinking thing. Now Solomon might have, for sure, but not David. As your natural national symbol, the highest the, the most highest, most wickedest thing in all of witchcraft, as far as a symbol goes. Why would you want that? as your national flag it's it's insanity but people don't bother to look into these things so much the time. so the hexagram is also a, uh, a uh, variation of 666 the hexagram of the six-pointed star certainly has three sixes it contains a six within a six within a six 
count the sides of each side of each triangle facing the clockwise direction, the sides facing the counterclockwise direction, and the third six, the sides of the inner hexagon. And, this, and then it says in Revelation 14, 11, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Now, guaranteed, this is going to have something to do with the mark of the beast. And that's what I get into also, how this could be related to the mark of the beast, the hexagram. So, we got that. Uh, okay, now I need to pick up where I left off here. Okay, so I'm just going to recover this point three because I had started and I'm just going to go back to it. In John 5.43, we have a further word which helps us to fix the nationality of the coming um, Antichrist. John 5.43, Jesus said, I am come in my Father's name and you will receive me and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, and, G and Jesus is in reference to the Antichrist here, him ye shall receive. In speaking of, his of this false Messiah, the Lord Jesus referred to him as another that shall come in his own name. Now the striking thing is, is that the word used by the Lord Jesus Christ in John 5.43 is, I, I believe from the Greek der derivation of the word alos, which means another of the same genus, not heteros, which means another of a different order. So in other words, Christ, the son of Abraham, the son of David, had presented himself to Israel and they rejected him. But, quote, another of the same Abrahamic stock should come to them and him they would receive. Well, Trump could never qualify as, as from an Abrahamic stock. Neither could Obama, neither could Prince Charles or any of the other ones. You know, And, and that's why I don't know how Maitreya could pull that one off. You know, but then again, you know, he could, who knows what he might claim. I don't know. If, if it is, I don't know. I think he's going to play some kind of part in the end time delusion. I mean, it's the main one that the, the UN's promoted for like decades and decades. It's one of the main ones that Alice Bailey and H.P. Blavatsky and all of these other devils have written about. And that, you know, they, United Nations recommends you read their books and Share International, which is Matreya's website, recommend you read their books. So, you know, I don't know. I, I can't be dogmatic, but. I think they're going to play some level uh, part in this whole coming deception. So, if the coming Antichrist were to be a Gentile, the Lord would have employed the word heteros, meaning it would be of another um, genus, another a, of a different order. Okay, no. He used the word alos, which means of the same genus. So, Christ, the son of Abraham, the son of David, had presented himself to Israel, and they rejected him, but another of the same Abrahamic stock should come to them that they would receive him. The religious Jews of the day. If the coming of Christ were to be a Gentile, the Lord would have employed the word heteros, meaning of a different genus. The fact that he used the word Greek word alos shows that he will be a Jew, the Antichrist. Um, another thing, Antichrist is to be acknowledged by the mass of Israelites as their king and their religious leaders. You look at John 5.43, Daniel 11.36, 2 Thessalonians 2.4, Revelation 13.8, and then there's a whole other link here to the abomination of desolation. Well, but I've already covered that. Point four, the very name Antichrist strongly argues his Jewish nationality. This title, Antichrist, has a double significance. It means that he will be the one who shall be opposed to Christ. One who will be his enemy. 
but it also purports that he will be a mock Christ, a imitation Christ, a pseudo-Christ. He will pose as the real Messiah of Israel, and in order to do that, he must be a Jew that can trace his lineage back. Five, the mock Christ will be received by Israel. The Jews will be deceived by him. They will believe that he is indeed their long-awaited Messiah. They will accept him as such, but, I mean, can you imagine this being Trump? All the stuff I've just covered, can you imagine? Is there any, no, there's no biblical scenario. It'd be like if I said I am the Antichrist or something. There's no biblical scenario where it's going to happen. It's just not, you know? Anyway, um, the Jews will be deceived by him. They will believe that he is indeed their long-expected Messiah. They will accept him as such. But if this pseudo-Christ succeeds in palming himself off on the Jews as their true Messiah, he will have to be a Jew. For it is unthinkable that they would be deceived by any Gentile. We may add that it was common belief among Christians during the first four centuries A.D. that the Antichrist would also come from the tribe of Dan. Ah, whole other can of worms whether this will be the case or no we do not know genesis forty nine seventeen may have the ultimate reference to this son of perdition certainly dan is the most mysterious of all the 12 tribes genesis what is that verse genesis forty nine seventeen says dan shall be a serpent by the way this was basically like the proclamation of what is dan what is his seed going to be like overall and in general Dan shall be a serpent by the way, an adder in the path. That's like a snake, a snake in the grass waiting to strike, essentially, that biteth the horse heels so that the rider shall fall backwards. Now, I have done, man, I'm just going to click on this real quick because I've done this teaching that I did on Obama, not is Obama the Antichrist. Well, it segued into this other part, the Antichrist and the tribe of Dan, Mount Hermon, fallen angels, and giants. Because then we get into that subject. Um, I'm just going to read this. Several obscure prophecies in the Bible point to the possibility that the Antichrist may, in part, descend from the tribe of Dan. The Merovingians claim to come from the tribe of Judah through Jesus Christ. However, the weight of evidence indicates that they descend from the tribe of Dan. Through those, although scripture states that Samson was of the family of the Danites, Judges 13.2. Yer Davidi of Brit Aim, Israel, claims that Samson's lineage includes the Messianic tribe of Judah. Samson, he said, quote, Samson came from the tribe of Dan, but his mother was from Judah. Samson, in some respects, was considered a forerunner of the Messiah who, who will come from Judah, but his, mother, but his mother will be of the tribe of Dan. The tribe of Dan also is missing from Revelation 7 regarding the 12 tribes, which is kind of, you know, weird if you think about it. The, the 12 tribes, the 144,000 sealed during the tribulation. And the half-tribe of Manassas actually takes their place. Okay? So in other words, it, it, it doesn't, it, the tribe of Dan occupies no place of honor in the Bible at all. So much so that when they list off the 12 tribes... Of, of the 144,000, the 12,000 from each tribe of Jewish male virgins that will go and basically evangelize the world, the tribe of Dan is not mentioned. But the tribe, the half-tribe of Manasseh is mentioned. They basically took their place. Uh, and then it goes on to say, I, And I heard a number of them which were sealed, and they, 
And there were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel and of the tribe of Judah, Reuben, Gad, Aser, Nephtalim, Manasses, there's Manasses, Simeon, Levi, Ishakar, Zabulon, Joseph, Benjamin were sealed. End of quote. Dan's not mentioned. Revelation, um, that was Revelation 7, 4 through 8. According to the Encyclopedia of Britannica, Hermon, Mount Hermon, means forbidden place. Mount Hermon may be the port of entry for the wicked angels when they fell during the days of Noah. Now, I've got into that on all the studies I've done on the giants, and we kind of recover that ground here. Moses wrote, the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and that they took them wives, all that they chose, and there were giants. And that's a whole other can of worms, but um, all you have to do, and I give you a link here, is just key in Antichrist, and you'll find all of these teachings. They're not all in order, like when they appear, like you'll see part 11, part 12. Um, but it starts with, is Obama the Antichrist, part one. And then that goes for, I don't know, quite a bit. And then it go, it segues into the Antichrist and King Solomon. And then that segues into the Antichrist, the tribe of Dan, Mount Hermon, fallen angels and giants. So it's a gigantic study, 12-part study I did back in 08, 2008. And... Um, if you want to know more about that. That's why, like, this subject's pretty vast. It's really, really hard to to cover, and I've already covered it. So I'm just kind of kind of hitting points I've already hit in the past. Now, if we just look at the description for my teaching on is Obama the Antichrist, it will also answer some things about Trump. Okay. So I'm just going to read you that. Teaching overview of my teaching is Obama the Antichrist. Obama has certainly run a messianic type presidential campaign and has been called the Messiah by the Muslim leader Farrakhan. Remember there was all that stuff about people that were passing out that got in his presence and he had like this, this aura about him and Chris Matthews said that when he saw him speak he got a thrill up his leg and all this other garbage that was coming out about Obama. And um, everybody was, oh, he's the Antichrist. Now, or a lot of people were saying that. So, so are we witnessing the, the public coming to power, the public coming to power of the Antichrist? Now, this, I did this way back when Obama was, you know, coming up. The key question to resolve here is, is Obama the Antichrist, capital A, or just a Antichrist? Because Jesus said there's going to be many, many Antichrists small a but there's only one antichrist capital a matthew 24 and key prophecies and daniel are key passages if we are to understand this issue in this teaching we will be taking an extensive biblical look at the signs leading up to and through the tribulation the rebirth of modern day israel and an in-depth faith building look at the at the genealogies of mary luke 3 and joseph matthew 1 that's also important when it comes to this subject. And how this relates to the Antichrist will, um, will most likely stake his claim to this genetic line of ascension. He's going to have to. This is important because according to the Bible, in Isaiah 9-7, the coming Messiah will have to prove his lineage back to King David. The prophecy says, and I didn't even cover that one today yet, but I'm covering it now, and of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end meaning the coming, you know, awaited uh, Messiah, which was Jesus Christ. 
upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth forever. And again, that was in Isaiah 9-7. The Antichrist will most likely claim his genealogy through Solomon to David. Some of the ancient Sanhedrin believed that King Solomon was the Messiah. This error, in part, led them to reject Jesus Christ as the Messiah. I mean, how could you think that Solomon was the coming? I mean, the guy was most likely sacrificing his own kids at one point uh, be, uh, because of his thousand you know, wives and concubines or whatever led his heart away, and then he was doing a lot of the garbage they were doing. It appears he came back to God at the end of his life, but, I mean, he really, really veered. I don't know if he sacrificed any of his kids, but, I mean, there's you could probably make a case that he might have because his wife sure wouldn't have had a problem with it put it that way and his concubines so some of the sanhedrin the religious jewish jews that would decide if they're going to accept this messiah believe that king solomon was their messiah this error in part led them to reject jesus christ as a messiah today the same false belief will most likely lead many jews to receive the antichrist as a possible second coming of solomon which has been masterminded by the Illuminati and will be fulfilled by the coming Merovingian false Christ. Now, the, and again, the Merovingian, I explain all that in there, in those teachings I did, which I can't really recover, but that will most likely come from the tribe of Dan. This tribe of Dan to the Merovingians. Merovingian bloodlines are this big, big thing in the Illuminati. It's one of the, they believe one of the 13 families of the Illuminati and it's real mysterious and they, I believe they believe it's, it's, it's it's really blasphemous how they believe their their lineage um, is, has been brought forth. The Sanhedrin has the job of identifying the Jewish Messiah, and they have criteria. That is why the rabbis went to check out John the Baptist and Jesus. The Sanhedrin's criteria has changed a little over time. Um, Obama and the Pope, and in this case. Donald Trump would not meet the criteria. Whoever the Antichrist is, he will have to meet the criteria or at least be able to convince the Sanhedrin that he meets the criteria. Rabbis were the carriers, unfortunately, I, I mean, modern, well, even in Jesus' day, unfortunately, um, rabbis were the carriers of occult oral tradition, like the Talmud and the Kabbalah. Which, I mean, the Talmud, if you want to know more about that, just key in Talmud or Kabbalah in the keyword search box. I mean, it's, the Talmud says things about Jesus Christ that I don't even like to repeat on air. They're so evil and blasphemous and hateful and satanic that I don't even like to, to tell you what they say. That's what they think about Jesus Christ, the religious Jews, the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees and Sadducees through antiquity. That's how they felt about him. So, not condemning all the Jews. I'm just saying that's how the religious Jews, you know, saw things. Now, I list all these teachings here if you also want to click on them, uh, or some of them. And then also if you just key in any Christ at the keyword search box. So, okay, that's all I have for, I'm, I'm over time on this one. Um, the, the end sentence, basically, there's some other links you can access here, but the end sentence says, so as you can see, Donald Trump does not have the qualifications to be the Antichrist. I really don't think there's a whole lot more that needs to be said or mentioned about this. It's kind of a done deal, settled type of thing. So God bless you, and we will see you in part two.
Scott Johnson's 1,000 plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70 Southeast, number 321, Hickory, NC, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.